Hawkins was walled off with the zombies left inside to haunt the abandoned city. Mr. Ward, how would you like to make $50 million on a warm summer's evening? On a train bound for nowhere, met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. Out of reading people's faces Think about everything we did, all those people we saved the way they held their Look what he does you don't mind my But what if I can see you're out of base What if just once We did something just for us You ready to play? There's 200 million dollars in the vault beneath the strip with a 32-hour window to get it on. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. you think they are. They're smarter. They're faster. They're organized. Oh, you That's crossing the line. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. I'm Mike. Joining me, as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's going on, Venom? Greetings and salutations, undead gamblers. I'm not doing too bad, Mike. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Undead Gamblers. That's another good one. <laughs> doing okay. Doing all right. Also joining us as well, as always, it's Don and Ellie. How are you doing, Don? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yeah, doing fine. Just uh, you know, getting ready for summer season, and boy, am I loving it. So, <laughs> Tank top weather. Tank top weather. I passed that a while ago. This is shirtless weather. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'm pretty much, as far as like in my house, I'm like tank tops year round because I never really get overly cold. Maybe at night I'll throw something else on. Um, all right. Well, today we are talking. Um, I think this is like the first Netflix movie we've done in a while. In fact, this is the first time I probably turned on Netflix in a while. <laughs> um, 
And it should be no surprise to anybody, it's Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and it just released this past week. And let's see, it's it's his return to the genre, I guess, the subgenre, as he did uh, Dawn, the Dawn remake, and what was that, way back in 2004? <laughs> All right, so off IMDb, following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Must be one hell of a heist. Venom, what did you think of Army of the Dead? Oh, man, I went into this one really, really wanting to love this. I I am a big fan of the Dawn of the Dead remake. I think Zack Snyder did a great job with that one. Army of the Dead, though, man, this movie is a little bit of a mess. No, you know what? Not a little bit. This movie is a major mess um, in the sense that at times it doesn't really feel like it knows what it wants to be. This movie, at any point in the film, this movie is equal parts horror, comedy, family drama, thriller, uh, romance movie, a, a heist movie, a horror film. It's It has so many tonal shifts that it, it tends to kind of leave you almost breathless. I'm not necessarily saying the pacing is bad, because, you know, when there's action, when there's actually zombie action going on, it's fairly impressive looking. I mean... Obviously, we're relying on a lot of CG. Zack Snyder's not known as a you know big practical effects guy, so a lot of CG blood, a lot of CG gore and death. But I, I actually liked a lot of what I saw. Um, as standard, you know, Zack Snyder, we get our slow motion shots, we get our um, really nice looking explosions. I've always thought Zack Snyder had a, r- a real flair uh, for CG explosions, and he carries that on into this one. But like I said, man, just when the movie seems to be getting fun after a really great little cold open and then an awesome opening credit sequence, suddenly the movie turns into Ocean's Eleven. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have uh, seen the trailer. Um, I'm trying not to get too spoilery, but if you've seen the trailer, then you know this is kind of a zombie flick based out of, you know, uh, what was Las Vegas. And man... Um, they try to they try to just jam that Las Vegas theme down your throat at every possible turn. Now I am a Vegas lover. I love you know I I love going to Vegas. I, it's one of the major things I miss during this pandemic. But even I started getting sick of the references and the slot machines and the uh, the the Frank Sinatra slash Elvis soundtrack. Uh, you know it was it was it just started getting a little heavy with the you know the Vegas references blah blah blah. But I got to say, the zombie action was cool. Um, a lot of it was pretty reminiscent of Zombieland um, as far as like the originality with the kills, you know, trying to interject a little comedy here and there. Obviously, this movie has a lot of intentional comedy in it. Some works. A lot of it doesn't. Um you know, overall, you know, I, I kind of just made fun of the score, but overall, I do kind of enjoy the score. Uh, it, it does get a lot less Vegas-like, if you will, as the movie goes along. But like I said, a- as many people know, this movie's two hours and 30 minutes long, and that is just way, way too long for a zombie comedy. There's just no reason that that should happen. And the reason it happens is because we end up with what felt like a 15 to 20 minute, uh, you know, uh, montage, like from a heist movie of putting your crew together, you know, the whole putting your crew together montage. 
And it wasn't even a montage. I mean, they were doing full ass scenes of, you know, Dave uh, Batista going around and, you know, recruiting members. And it just got as a, as a horror fan, it got tedious. Uh, you know, I'm just like, OK, I get it. You're going to put a crew together. You're going to go do this stupid heist, which like that concept alone is mildly mentally challenged. Somebody's going to pay a group of mercenaries to go into zombie-controlled Vegas just to get money out of a vault. That, I'm sorry, that just seems like a stretch to me. Um, the movie had potential to be really, really fun, and I will admit at times I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the, the creative, you know, zombie kills, the gore. I was even a mild fan of, like, the zombie hierarchy that we kind of saw where there's, like, uh, different levels of zombies throughout, once again, kind of borrowing from Zombieland, uh, more specifically Zombieland Double Tap, where they had the different kinds of zombies that they had named. We kind of get the same thing here, but there's a little bit more of a cohesive storyline around why we have a, a hierarchy of, of zombies, why certain ones are more important than others, or stronger, or faster, or smarter. Um, even more emotional. Yes, we actually get zombies with feelings in this damn movie. I mean, we get ninja zombies. We get running zombies. We get shambling zombies. We get, you know, a super jacked zombies. I mean, it, the variety of zombies and zombie kills are is great, but I just feel like when it starts to venture towards all the family drama stuff and all the heist stuff and everything else, once it kind of veers away from what this movie is advertised to be, I feel like it loses its way, the story starts getting a little muddy, and I as a viewer just found myself less interested in a lot of like um, the second half of the first act and most of the second act. I just found myself disinterested. You know, if I want to watch a heist movie, I'll watch a good heist movie. Um, but today, or should I say the day I watched this film, I was in the mood for a zombie comedy. And I was only mildly satisfied. So I would say, um, you know, it's on Netflix. So if you have access to a Netflix account and you're a horror fan, obviously there's no reason not to watch this. Um, but again, be warned, two and a half hours and a very, very muddy second act. I'll leave it at that for general thoughts. Okay, uh, Army of the Dead. Don, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm probably going to be higher on this than Venom is because I really enjoyed this one. Um, I'm not at the love it stage because Venom is correct. There are a few areas of this that it does need improvement on. I don't mind the high angle. I actually like that. I didn't. I thought that was a pretty unique idea, incorporating that into a zombie film. And I enjoyed it more as a heist film that just featured zombies as a, as a tertiary character to overcome. And in that sense, I had more fun with it. But I do agree. There's unnecessary side stories in here. There's unnecessary padding. I mean, all the family drama nonsense. I mean, they even point out in the film, like, why are you even here? Like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's in reference to the characters, but it's also something that you could use as a complaint against the scenes in particular and the storyline in general. Because, yeah, why is that there? You know, you didn't need them there. It just creates unnecessary sequences, unnecessary storylines. A lot of it is kind of forced to, you know, make it feel emotional and bigger than what it really is. But, like I said, overall, I 
enjoy the heist. I enjoy the way it comes off. I, you know, like Venom said, the zombie hierarchy is kind of cool. I like the way it comes off. You know, the sense of them being sort of, you know, the rulers that they have to placate into sort of, you know, you know, we'll talk about it more, but, you know, there's like special treats and tact. There's like special treats that they have to perform in order to get around the zombies without them interfering with what's going on. But, you know, it's going to, you know, turn south and the zombies are going to get involved in a big way and I, I like the, the zombie action the zombie action is probably some of the favorite my favorite since i you know trained to busan the way that they come together the high energy action and shootouts that you get in there are just absolutely spectacular and a lot of fun um like i said i really wanted to love it but two and a half hours is kind of pushing my tolerance for something like this even you know like i you know even though zombies are my favorite genre two and a half hours is really pushing it. Uh, you know, trim some of the fat, trim some of the unnecessary storylines, trim some of the extra excess characters because you know, even some of the characters I felt didn't even need to be there. But you know, for zombie, you know, or what's that word? Um, you know, you know meat bags to be slaughtered. I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, since I can't remember it. You know, I'll accept it in a zombie film. But yeah, overall, um, I'm. Probably higher on this than Venom is. Um, not at the love it territory, but very, 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 very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on the action sequences. I, I genuinely enjoyed all the actual action, uh, be it yeah. related to the heist or be it related to you know clearing out zombies. Um, but yeah, it, that the middle of the movie is going to be my biggest issue. But you know, we'll get yeah. into details with that in a bit. All right, so. Army of the Dead for me, I'm probably going to be the lowest of the three. I and the way I, I guess I'll preface it is, I think some of my criticisms will be more just preference to where because I don't really think this is a poorly made movie by any stretch of the imagination, except for the fact that it definitely shouldn't be two and a half hours. I don't think there's enough story there uh, for that. There's definitely things that can be trimmed out of it. You guys have kind of already gone over that aspect so i would say like making a shorter running time would probably improve it right off the bat um a lot of people you know there's a lot in the horror community there's a lot of people that just don't like comedy in their horror movies no, see, it's, funny. Not- it's funny you guys you both have said that and i almost forgot to touch on this i didn't even find anything in this as a comedy like i don't even classify it as a comedy in my my ratings Oh, I, I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even bringing that up in context to this movie. I was just saying. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, but in this one in general, I mean, you know, Venom said it too. I didn't even know I was supposed to look at it as a comedy. Oh, well, I had no idea going in because I didn't really even watch the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. What what I was gonna say is, in the statement I was more making was a lot of horror fans don't like comedy in their horror, but for me, I'm that way with action i don't like my horror to be over overly action sequenced out just because i think that it it kind of takes away from the horror element of it kind of when you just have massive zombies being shot you know blown away with heavy artillery now i will say in this movie at least i guess you could make the argument that the zombies were more than your standard zombies so even just shooting them wasn't taking them out at like they would normal zombies. I mean, we can get into more of all the details of how everything went, but 
I, you know, I found this more to be like an action movie than a horror movie. Um, I, I, I was fine with the general plot of the heist. Of course, I, I, I knew that as soon as like they got to where they were going, that there was going to be a character that like threw a wrench in the plans. Cause I, I just knew it. Cause I was like, you know, they got their plan. Everything's going great. And then right off the bat, it's like, oh, so now we're going to have to do this side mission because of this. I was just like, okay. Um, I will say I was actually pretty impressed with the cast itself. Like Batista, the re- the former wrestler, I thought he was fine, like as the mercenary. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, obviously, this is probably the type of role that caters to, you know, what his strengths are. But, hey, you know, that's fine. You're as a casting director or whatever you're going to that's how you're going to cast the guy. Um, and then someone like Tignatero, who's like a comedian, I, I thought she did fine in her role. And in general, you know, the cast itself was pretty good, I thought. And I, I think there were moments in this movie that were pretty fun and good. I just think overall for me, this isn't my cup of tea of horror movies. Zack Snyder. I mean, I don't really, I'm not familiar with his comic book stuff, so I can't really comment on that, but you know, he's kind of known for a certain aesthetic in the movies he makes. Uh, the opening to this, I thought was really good. Just like Dawn, it, it kind of reminded me of that with like the, uh, kind of like the lounge version, uh, song music of a known song. So it, it made me really think of the opening to Dawn. I'm, I'm also one of those on the Dawn remake. That's not as high on it as other people, but I think the opening to that movie and to this one are really, really good. Um, just really fun sequences. Um, what else? I yeah, I mean, there was a point I think at, like right around the two hour mark where I just hit pause on it just to see because it felt like okay, we should be done, and it was like oh, there's another thirty five. I was like whoa, damn. There's I like I figured okay, maybe another ten fifteen minutes, but wow, this this is pretty pretty long. Um, there was a little bit of like logic issues I had with the way the zombies operated but then again it's like for me personally how much do i nitpick something like that because it's like we're already to the point of hordes of smart thinking caring zombies in the first place so uh, how much am i gonna like what more logic do i need to apply to it is that really fair anyway but you know overall this i would say this movie is just not for me um but it definitely—I mean, going by the reaction it's got, there's definitely an audience out there for it. I mean, there's people that hate it, extremely hate it. There's the people that love it. So I—I I think um, this is going to kind of be one of those movies where it comes down to if this kind of style of, you know, action horror is your thing or not. Um, for me, it's not so much. But you know, I, I'm just one person with that opinion. So. <laughs> I guess I'll I mean, leave it I, I general think, thoughts. I think I think more horror fans will like it than not. Uh, they'll find something in there that they enjoy. Since there is so much thrown into this pot, most people are going to be able to pull out something about it that they like, be it a character, a certain storyline, you know, the zombies, whatever the case may be. Um, but that's sometimes also the problem with Zack Snyder. I mean. As I'm watching this, I literally am thinking, I'm I'm feeling like I'm watching the Snyder cut of this film. I mean, I know it's a bad <laughs> pun at this point, I know. 
but it literally it feels like he's throwing in scenes that just don't need to be there um i mentioned the the whole putting the crew together that could have been done in like a three minute montage but instead he decides to take 15 to 20 minutes of the film to do it and again it wasn't bad it wasn't poorly done not at all it definitely comes out of left field because you know, the first 15, 20 minutes of this film are, you know, just straight up hardcore zombie action. And then we get, you know, the funny ass opening credit sequence with Vegas getting taken over. But uh, I don't know, man. Once they kind of get into like a, the uh, it's like only in a TV series should we care about um, how can I put this? Damn, I'm not even sure how to put this into words. I think Snyder tried to make us care too much about these characters for a feature length film especially a zombie film and zombie films never have happy endings we all know this you know unless it's world war z but i don't acknowledge that movie um (laughs) so yeah it just it it for whatever it's worth it just felt kind of disjointed just when i was getting into the cool ass zombie action it's like it, it comes to a grinding halt and now they're trying to break into a vault um and and the breaking into the vault sequence was also pretty entertaining, especially because what happens at the end of it, or, well, uh, just before they actually open the vault itself, it's kind of entertaining. But it still just brings the action to a halt. So you have to be, if, if you're going to venture into this two-and-a-half-hour Zack Snyder zombie movie, be prepared for tonal shifts. You know, I mean, at, at, at least you can give Zack Snyder credit that he gives people a chance to rest. It's not a two-hour action sequence like Mad Max Fury Road by any stretch. That movie's fucking exhausting, as much as I love it. <laughs> I don't watch it that often. But um, this one isn't nearly that bad. I mean, we get a lot of time to get, kind of catch our breath. But it's just the stuff that's being talked about during those times. It's just, ah, it's all personal and... You know, I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people, people with more heart than me, who are going to pull, you know, a more um, emotional joy out of this film. In other words, they're going to, you know, they're going to sympathize or empathize with some of these characters and blah, blah, blah. Um, Back to the casting, though, I, for the most part, agree with you, Mike. I think I think Batista did a great job, actually. I, I think he was perfect for the role. I think a lot of the secondary characters um, did really well. I am going to disagree with you on Tig. I think Tig was wasted. I she is so much more of this big irreverent voice in in you know in her uh, field, and I, I felt like anybody could have played that role just as well. You know what I mean? It didn't feel. Yes, it looks like Tig, and yes, she's using her normal, her standard colloquialisms and things like that but it just i felt like it could have been so much more at no point did she ever really lash out at anybody which is i'm expecting it the whole time i'm like where is that tig attitude where is that you know fuck you i don't give a shit attitude and we kind of got it a little bit but she was still way too respectful in my opinion like i don't know i i just i enjoyed the role i just feel like tig was wasted any, I feel like almost any actor or actress could have pulled off that role. That's all. She didn't necessarily do a bad job. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying her her talents were wasted. I, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of her, to be 100% honest. But if I do, if I am going to get more of her, I want it to be better written, too. Um, I just felt like her dialogue just didn't fit her as well as it should have. That's all. Um, but it was still great to see her in the film, still great to see Batista, still great to see the recognizable faces that we get. 
And, you know, obviously uh, seeing a zombie horde with an actual hierarchy uh, is pretty interesting, uh, especially the way it's kind of uh, explained to us, which obviously we'll get to in the second half of the show. But, yeah, I, I do enjoy this film. I don't want to make it sound like I disliked it, but I am going to stick to my statement that this movie is a mess. Uh, there's just way too many different elements at play. Um, it, it, you know, right when the action fans start to get sated, suddenly they're going to get disappointed with where the movie goes. And then when horror fans are suddenly sated, the movie again takes a turn, and now those people maybe aren't as happy. So it's like this movie is a movie that's not going to make any particular person happy for two and a half hours, but I think there's a lot to enjoy here for most genre fans. You know, be yeah. you horror action, whatever your you know taste is. It, it's funny that you made the joke, or you know, or at least brought up the kind of joke that was going around that like, oh, is this like the Snyder cut of Army Army of the Dead? Which is, uh, it makes me wonder if that's kind of like the Netflix effect because Netflix is sort of, at least they were known for kind of being hands off. Like once they agree to you know let someone make a movie, it's kind of like okay, do what you want to do, and it's maybe on like the filmmaker themselves or rein themselves in with like editors and script supervisors and maybe that Snyder just is like nah you know this is my chance this is another chance to really indulge and I'm, I'm just gonna go for it and that's how it ended up two and a half hours long yeah overall I like Snyder don't get me wrong for the most part I enjoy his movies as 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 big of a visual feast as a lot of them may be some of them do actually have a backbone they've got some heart and character in there but um, I just really, really wanted to like this because I came off the Justice League Snyder cut uh, being really high on the man. I thought he did a really good job with that movie. Um, still didn't make it like an A-plus film by any stretch, but, you know, based on the theatrical cut, the thing's almost a masterpiece, so I'll take it. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to see him come back to his Dawn of the Dead form where he was kind of taking the whole thing a little bit more seriously and kind of sticking to the game plan, you know, not so many side paths off off you know the main thing you know we want to we go into the army of the dead wanting to see zombie action you know and obviously we understand that we'll have to deal with a little bit of comedy a little bit of drama you know human relationships things like that but you don't realize that you're going to be dealing with so many different elements coming into it and that could be really good to some people some people might really enjoy that they it might surprise some people uh, but it seems like for people like me and Mike, it, it was just a little bit more of a chore to get through because of it. And But ultimately, I still recommend the movie. I still think people should see it. If you're even the slightest zombie fan, I say check it out. Because I did enjoy the zombie design, too. We haven't really talked much about the actual zombies. But I did kind of like their design. Um, I like the kind of ambiguous backstory. We get a little bit of a backstory with the cold open, but we don't get any real explanation as to where that alpha zombie came from so um but that tiny little bit of ambiguity is okay for a movie like this because you know it, it, this movie is not driven by story by any stretch this is an absolute action driven zombie film so but yeah zombie design i like zombie hierarchy i like the kills were great I, I a lot of very obvious cg effects but you know it's it, the only way you're really gonna you know crush a zombie you know if you do it with a dummy it's gonna look stupid especially today in 2021 but you know i, I think zach did a pretty good job with the effects i think the action is great it's mildly funny at times i mean whether whether it's intentional or not because i know the movie's not listed as a horror comedy 
But you have to admit there's characters in this movie that are kind of meant to be, you know, comic relief. I mean, you know, um, the gay uh, safe cracker. I mean, th- that's absolutely an attempt at an intentional comedy. His entire gay. Character. I thought he was German. Oh, he is very German, but I also think he's very gay. <laughs> I... And I could be absolutely wrong. I, I yeah. fully admit that. But yeah. it, it, he just acted so effeminate. And then he complimented that dude's hair. And what's funny is when that when that Latino character first showed up, I even said, wow, that that seems like a haircut a gay guy would have, you know, with the with the sides shaved. But the top is like curly and, and bleached blonde. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And then when that when the German said that, he literally made a point to say, hey, I, I kind of like your hair. I'm like, oh, there's my confirmation. So, like I said, I could be wrong, but <laughs> for whatever it's worth. I feel like he was the comic. He was one of the comic relief and you know attempts at, in this film. <laughs> and we didn't even mention Zombie Tiger. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Zombie Animals. Come on, we we had some great ones in here. Zombie Tiger, Zombie. Uh, well, we had a horse, at least one horse, right? Um, there was more, wasn't there? God damn, I can't think of it. Uh, I know. I've been trying to think ever since you said it. Um... I keep confusing the uh, the zombie walrus from Aquarium of the Dead. <laughs> uh, God. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Other than horses and the tiger, yeah. And the tiger does look cool, for whatever it's worth. Yes, it's very obviously CG. Of course it is. As soon as you look at a zombie tiger, your brain tells you that's not real, no matter how real it looks, so... Uh, ultimately, I think again they did about as good a job as they could. I thought the zomb- I thought the zombie tiger kill was pretty cool. You know, the one person that the tiger got to take out. Um, you know, the obvious double cross that we all saw coming up. You know, 16 miles away happened exactly as we all expected it to. So that wasn't a surprise. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said during the spoiler section, I, I'm, I am. You know, a, a lot of you people know me as a negative Nancy because I tend to bring, you know, some of the I try I tend to bring the stuff that I didn't like to the table more often than the stuff that I like. And that's probably going to be the same with this review. But definitely don't get it twisted. I enjoyed this movie a lot. OK. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's as much as we can do for general thoughts. So you guys want to get into some spoilers? All right, that's your final spoiler warning, folks. If you haven't seen Army of the Dead, get the hell out of here and go watch it. And meet us back here in two and a half hours if you're still awake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, I mean, where do we where can we start this discussion? I mean, I I enjoyed the cold open. You know, we we get that little bit of a background or not, not even background, but just that little intro with the alpha zombie. Uh, I thought that scene worked out pretty well. I, I, it set up the movie really well, I thought. It, it may have almost written a check that the movie couldn't cash, but for whatever it's yeah, worth, I, I liked it a lot. I, I even liked the very first opening scene with the whole military convoy. And well, that's, you what don't, talking, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the cold uh, open. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Just kind of like the – we you, you get like half – or not even half, but a bit a bits and pieces of, okay – where this might have started and then uh, but not really just that the military has something in their possession and we find out what it is and i thought that was cool and then yes like you said it leads into them on vegas how it kind of just skips to the carnage already taking place it's it's really cool i mean if there's anything i'll even though i i tend to be you know lukewarm at best on Zack snyder 
the one thing I can't deny that he's great at is opening credits and cold openings. It's For some true. reason, it's yeah. like, like yeah, I, I he just knows how to put that together to get you like pumped for the movie exactly yeah i'll probably still lean more towards dawn of the dead for the cold open i think that one was just so much more expertly put together but this one was so much fun um you know we don't get a whole lot of action or gore you know obviously a lot of stuff in the shadows there was one nice shot though that i wanted to point out did you guys notice the shot where uh the camera was focused on a soldier in the foreground and then as soon as the as the alpha zombie got out of the containment tank they didn't focus on the zombie. They kept the focus on the soldier. And you could see in the background, out of focus, the zombie just decimating guys in the background. I actually did enjoy that. I thought that was a pretty cool shot. And the fact that it was kept out of focus meant, you know, they didn't have to put like, you know, A plus CGI effects there and it still worked. So I, I usually like when there's subtle action going on in the background of a shot. For <laughs> um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, from there, you know, we go to zombie. We, you know, we go to Vegas. Excuse me. That is now being attacked by zombies, and we get our opening credit sequence. Um, was that a Sinatra song? I think it was a Sinatra song because I know they were listening to "Suspicious Minds" by Elvis. And of course, what is an El- uh, what is a Vegas movie without Elvis music in the soundtrack? At least once. I think we actually get a couple of instances in this movie. But we do get a taste of Suspicious Minds there before the Alpha gets out of the uh, tank or containment unit. And then uh, and then it goes into that, I guess, Frank Sinatra style song. I'm not familiar enough with Sinatra to know if that actually is a Sinatra song, but it sounds like one to me. So It but just, sounds you know, like it, yeah. Right, yeah. And then, you know, with the background of the zombies taking over Vegas and we get to see zombie Elvises and zombie showgirls and, you know, stuff like that. It's fairly entertaining. It definitely sets the nice a nice tone, which is what you're looking for with an opening credit sequence that action packed. Um, and then I get I mean, I guess we can talk about our human uh, actors in this one. I mean, obviously, we've already kind of raved a little a little bit about Batista, you know, obviously. Big old tough guy, former military uh, in some way, shape, or form. Again, we don't really get a whole lot of backstory with these people. But, I mean, you know, he's the big, muscly, you know, tall, booming guy. So, of course, he's going to be a great choice for a role like this. I can't imagine anybody but him or The Rock in this role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that would be like another person that you could imagine being in this role. Maybe Vin Diesel if he worked out. (laughs) <laughs> not chubby vin diesel <laughs> we need big vin diesel anyway um i don't know what what else what else can we chat about i mean there's not really a whole lot necessarily to reveal as in plot twists well i guess the yeah, zombies just, themselves we can talk about yeah yeah definitely we're going to talk about the zombies i mean and, you know i we already mentioned i already mentioned you know how much i enjoyed the design i mean um, during the spoiler-free section, we talked about the zombie hierarchy that was happening. Uh, basically, they explain it away as uh, basically all the zombies that were created by the alpha zombie, that first one, they're all smart, strong, fast. Um, you, you know, they even kind of show emotion. The alpha zombie is the only one who really shows a lot of emotion in this one to the point that he actually cries. Yes, we get a crying zombie. Go figure. Yeah, it's almost um, like the big daddy of the movie. 
Yeah, exactly. I'll go with I'll go with the Big Daddy. But um, yeah, in the credits they call him the Alpha, what the Alpha General, and then of course we get the Alpha Queen, which I'm sure if anybody's seen the trailer, you know you've seen the Queen, the showgirl with the uh, tiara on her head, um, which definitely becomes an odd little point because it, it it's just so weird to see zombies like defending themselves and like the alpha zombie was obviously very in love with the alpha queen mm-hmm. which is incredibly odd to see like i know it's hard for us to fathom these dead reanimated corpses are somehow showing emotion and showing skills anyway back to the zombie hierarchy so you know there's the ones that are bitten by the alpha and then the ones that they create will then be slightly slower, slightly less strong and all the way down until you get to the shamblers, the, you know, the Romero zombies that we're all used to. Uh, I think they call them shamblers in this one. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I did kind of like that, that the virus actually kind of dissipates as it gets passed down farther and farther for whatever that's worth. Yeah. It's interesting because you, I, I guess, I mean, because we get so little about where the alpha himself came from, it, it, it's almost like you're guessing that maybe he was like genetically created or something. Cause mm-hmm. he, he's so much more advanced than everyone else other than maybe the queen, but then all kind of all the smart subservient ones, they kind of like have hive mind, you know, they, they understand the hierarchy too. And, you know, whenever he shows up to, you know, make his presence known, they react accordingly. They follow his, his lead, his orders, kind of. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I was, was almost crazy. ready to hear him start talking or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been the end. Oh, no, no. Don't pull a Day of the Dead bloodline zombie, please. Oh, God. No, no more talking zombies. I can't handle that. Unless they're Return of the Living Dead style, then I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that whole thing with the, with the way that the zombies were, uh, you know, how the virus kind of just broke down as it went to generation to generation. Um, it, it probably got to the point where the shamblers were probably so weak they couldn't bite or scratch anybody anyway. Um, they had this great scene in the movie when they first, first got into Vegas, when they first opened the gate it, into Las Vegas proper, and it's just a sea of dead zombies. Just literally, as far as the eye can see, just dead zombies. And they actually explained it as the zombies basically aren't smart enough to get out of the sun in Las Vegas. And they actually dry up. They, like they literally, they 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 dry up and they go into a sort of hibernation state. Um, we didn't actually get to see this in the film, but they talk about um, the coyote, that the female um, military chick, uh, the coyote. She explains that when it rains, they all wake up. They all get back up. That's a sight that I, I might have enjoyed seeing. That this just mountain of dead, dried zombies in the sun. If it if it rains, they suddenly all come back to life. Maybe they're saving that for a potential sequel. I don't know because that does sound like an expensive effect. But uh, I I thought that explanation was kind of cool. That they're not actually dead. They're just kind of dry as shit because they're not smart enough to get out of the sun. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're dehydrated, and then they yeah. just rehydrate. So good. Maybe we'll see that in the sequel. Who knows? But yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, there's definitely some little things that they, uh, that they, some fun things that they do with the zombie. For the most part, destroying the brain still seems to work. Uh, Batista even has that little speech when uh, the German safecracker, who apparently has no experience killing zombies... Or people basically, you know, has another comedic moment where he asks, you know, how, do, how the hell do we kill a zombie? 
And Batista basically explains that, you know, it's still basically destroying the brain. You literally have to destroy the brain in this one, because if you decapitate him, the head is still alive, as we see in multiple examples. But one major one with the Alpha Queen, where she actually gets uh, decapitated hereditary style with the piano wire. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the head keeps going. And that was again, that was cool. But I, I got to ask you guys, I just have to ask, what the hell do you guys, what was the first thing you thought about when you saw the Alpha take that fucking zombie fetus out of the queen's body? I, I almost didn't know how to react. <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah, that was the one thing is like, why is he so concerned with this one random chick? And <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden he just like rips, he just like rips into the, the body, you know, because he lays it down in front of the horde and everybody just kind of like just backs away and gives him a space to do it. And then he just plunges his hands in and then there's this undead fetus in there like, what? And then it just like... It, cuts away like a second later so all you get is just that one flash image of it so you know that that's what it was and then you know he goes into that whale and it's like what yeah so weird yeah i was kind of i was kind of it's just i don't know because that's that's kind of like one of the major issues i have with and it's not just this movie because we've seen it in multiple zombie movies especially you know through as we come up to more modern is like the whole idea of like learning zombies evolving zombies because where does it stop because now like in this movie i guess it's being introduced that what zombies can actually create new zombie life i guess like was she was she pregnant i mean like i unless that was like a fetus that was there before she became a zombie and then it just got zombie because like we don't really know because it's not like we 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 knew we know for sure how that came to be, but I was just like, what the hell like is this? And, uh, I, I don't even know if I want an explanation, but it, it didn't even seem necessary to have that in there. But I mean, I guess just for the purpose of saying, look at how advanced these zombies are, but I'm like, but if they're technically dead, I don't see how they could reproduce in the first place. But then again, because we don't know the actual origin of that alpha zombie, it's like I well, at least not in this one. We'll probably know that in the prequel. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, I'm saying that's gonna be you know that's probably gonna be the prequel right there is the testing of the virus and seeing how he gets infected with it. That'd be interesting. I'd be down with that. Do you think yeah. that maybe the Alpha Queen was pregnant before she died, or do we really yeah, we literally saying. think that that fetus yeah. is? A, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, the thing is barely able to fit into his hand, so it would have to have. I mean, it didn't look like she was pregnant the entire time, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. It had to have been very, very early stages when it was when she. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the whole thing is just so weird because I mean. You know, it's in their it's in their society, so it's not like we're privy to it beforehand. So, I mean, she didn't look like she was pregnant. She didn't act like she was pregnant. I mean, you know, how are you going to tell if you know you're a zombie anyway? But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I I was I was looking really close to see if the fetus was moving at all, but I don't think it was. I think it was just dead as shit. But 
that was really interesting, the way that everyone in the horde, all the zombies, kind of revered the queen. Like you were saying, the way that everybody kind of backed off from her body and almost like they were bowing their head, you know? And, of course, uh, the alpha general, um, you know, ripping the fetus out of her head. It was an interesting scene. I mean, it was definitely one that some people are going to laugh at, some people are going to think is really cool. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not sure. But, I mean, overall, anything involving the zombies, for the most part, I enjoyed in this film. Um, It's just definitely a head-scratcher with, uh, you know, a zombie getting pregnant. (laughs) And even more so when you realize where it is in the context of the film, because it it's the sort of, I mean, we haven't mentioned it yet, but they sort of, the group has to offer a sacrifice to appease them in order to move around within the city yeah. because, you know, it belongs to them. And you really, you know, I mean, obviously the double cross you mentioned is, you know, the group betrays the zombies and they kill the queen. Well, the one well, guy betrays the, discovery, the queen. Well, no, because it's the two of them. Because they go out together because he, they have the deal to bring the head back alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. So I mean, yeah, you, you figure the real, the discovery of the body would have been enough to realize that you know, hey, they screwed us over. You know, let's take them out. Like you yeah. didn't need to have the discovery of the fetus because there's like no build up to it. There's no, you know, you don't get anything from it. It's just one of those is like, oh, okay, well he killed the baby. You know, they killed the baby that no, we didn't know she had that she didn't react to having so now mm-hmm. they're going to go kill the rest of the the the, thug, the thieves like yeah. okay like, yeah. the discovery of the body the discovery of the body alone would have been enough like oh, you know okay yeah they betrayed us they killed one of our own let's go t- like you know if they would have been advanced enough to have established this kind of society to begin with like they betrayed us they they killed one of our own let's go take them out like that would have served as served as enough motivation like i don't understand where like the the extra idea of putting it in and having you know the group realize that hey they killed a you know not only did they kill one of our own but they also just destroyed this fetus of mine i'm gonna go rip their heads off Mm -hmm. yeah it's unnecessary i found it really odd that as um the dickhead is sawing off the head of the queen. The coyote actually makes the comment that once they find her body, they're going to know the deal is off. So why the fuck did they leave the body out in the open? Like they're literally surrounded by cars, broken down cars. And there's literally a thousand places they could have hid that body, stick it in a car, stick it in a trunk under a piece of metal, whatever. But they, even with with that knowledge that the zombies were going to go crazy when they found that body, they still left it out. And it's not like they were rushed because they were being attacked. No, they literally just walked away and left the body out there. I remember that pissing me off. But again, plot development. <laughs> well, the the whole thing with the pregnant zombie queen, I guess, I mean, the way it plays out, it almost makes you think he... he it had to have happened after she turned, because how else would that zombie even know? I mean, unless they have, like, a sixth sense to, like, almost yeah. like, you know, how, like, an animal could sense sure. that a woman was pregnant or something. Like, how the hell else would he even know um, that she was pregnant? You know, it, it, it was, I think it's one of those things where it's so unnecessary, because it just brings up more confusion and questions when it <laughs> wasn't really needed for the plot. Just the fact that she was dead was enough for 
mm-hmm. him to be pissed off and, you know, want to go murder people. Again, I mean, it felt like something that they're setting up for a potential sequel. You know, one of those uh, little plot points that they'll just leave dangling. And in, in if they get a sequel, they'll probably revisit that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I know that there's a prequel. I don't know if there's actually going to be a follow-up. Yeah, a prequel. Yeah, they, they could do it there, too. Who knows? Because it, it'll be a whole other group of people, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so they could definitely do a lot more explaining. Uh, so something yeah, something, something else I was going to ask, because I thought, you know, since we're already dealing with, like, zombies that are somewhat smart, especially the Alpha, I thought it was kind of neat that he developed that metal helmet to, like, ward off oh, yeah, headshots. Oh, yeah, that's one the, of the, the things I like that as well. The only thing, once I saw that, though, the only thing I thought was, or question was, why aren't you developing these for, like, your freaking kingdom? Because, like... Imagine if like fifty zombies had those helmets, like then they would all not be able to take headshots. And there's enough scrap sitting around the wasteland former formerly known as Vegas that you would think. Unless he literally just found that and then like was using it. Yeah, that would smelt it, you know, how would he break it down? I mean unless yeah, he was a, a blacksmith in life. <laughs> yeah, my my idea was that he just took like one of the Roman soldiers costumes that he yes. found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one in you know, like at a Caesar's palace or something like that. Like he just f- picked one of those up and you know, it, it just happened to have worked, so he just kept on using it. Like it fit him, so he just kept on yeah. using it. And then there was like something where he like banged his head and real didn't realize it because he had the thing on. So it was like, okay, well this is something to protect my head. Like one of those like really kind of just like stupid little backstories you just fill in your head. Like you yeah, know sure. he. he yeah, he hit his head on something while he was wearing it and realized it protected him. So it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to keep wearing this whenever I have to go out or something like that. I mean, it makes sense because the, the fictional uh, casino that that they're mostly in is called the Olympus. It does look like it's like a Caesar's Palace type ripoff. So, yeah, it makes total sense that that's like a Spartan helmet or something like that that used to be part of, you know, uh, either a statue or one of those themed characters walking around the casino. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, I hadn't was... actually thought about that. I mean, yeah, because uh, I mean, yeah, we as smart as these zombies are, I don't see them starting up a kiln and you know grabbing an anvil and you know doing everything needed to make those. Uh, but who knows? I mean, maybe they're smarter than I even give them credit for. <laughs> but yeah, and then. What about this plot itself? I mean, how do we feel about that? I mean, this guy literally is doing this all just for money. I mean, we live in a world where there are large pockets of civilization that are now closed off, that are not inhabitable by humans because of all the zombies. Yet this guy is still concerned with money. Isn't that, I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of subtext there for us to break down, but... Why? The way I I took it... I looked at it as he's trying to get it out because the city's going to be nuked. Sure. So my idea is he wants this five million just as sort of like this undetectable like extra currency that he can use. Absolutely. Because well, oh, the no, one I, thing that I, I understood I, that. I, I don't know, <laughs> I'm is like the one thing that I disagree with is that it looked more like it was just in Las Vegas. Like it wasn't anywhere else in the world. It was just contained in Las Vegas. I mean, in the in the universe of this film, yes, I can see that. It, it's hard for me to believe that, you know, it, with human, you know, with um, 
the stupidity of humans that this could be contained in one city. But I understand in the context of this film, yes, it takes place in Vegas, only in Vegas. We don't see news reports from like around the world telling us that this is happening in other places. So, yes, I understand that. It just seems really odd that, you know, because if it's money, that means that there's current there's gold currency in Fort Knox backing it up. Do you know what I mean? In other words, if he can prove that he has money in the vault that's about to get burned, he can get it replaced. You know what I mean? Paper money in and of itself has no value. It's the gold that backs it that has value. So, I mean, because we see money exchanges all the time where old money is getting burned and new money is getting printed. That's what I mean. Money is just paper. That means nothing. It's what backs it that matters. So, yeah, and but I, I mean, know, again, you know, how do you know too much logic into this? You know, I understand, again, this is a zombie movie. It's it's fictional as hell. It's just one of those things that, you know, it's just one of those silly things that I think about. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Your money should be insured. You know what I mean? Uh, even if it's not in a bank, it's in a Well, I didn't vault. take it that this was his. I just <laughs> took it as this was. Oh, you think he was stealing it? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what that's what that's what I'm. It felt like is he was. It looks, you know, that's what I thought too. I thought. Yeah, I, I took it had, as it was his money. I thought the mastermind just had knowledge of it, and he was like, "Hey, it's just sitting there. Let's go get it." Okay. Yeah, that was well. My that was my thing was that he said, "Well, I know. You know, I I'm involved in the area. I know what's going on. I know that there's a stack full of money down there in the vault that nobody knows about. I'm gonna go retrieve it before it's nuked when the when the city is." you know before the city gets nuked like that was my thought for everything yeah that's valid absolutely either way i i just again it just speaks to the greed you know it kind of speaks to the greed of humanity like i said there, there's that subtext there that even in the middle of a zombie apocalypse there's still people out there that value money more than human life blah 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 yeah again i, I mean i guess also I, <laughs> I was just gonna say i guess in this movie it's alluded to that like with with the zombies, I guess, blocked in, you know, blockaded in that society at large hasn't quite broken down yet. That money still has value because, I mean, in most zombie apocalypse movies, you know, society would have deteriorated so much that having cash in your bank or in your, well, I guess it, you'd have to have it like in a bag under a mattress because there are no banks probably. <laughs> but in this movie, I guess the rest of society is still you know, yeah, running like normal. Cause like, what would you even do with all that money if it wasn't even good because of the apocalypse is going on, you know? Well, well I mean, I had like that was, that's what I'm saying. Like that was like my idea for it just being contained in Vegas. Right. Like, sure. That That's where I was coming at it. Anybody else see, uh, the peninsula similarities? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else think about that? Like, wow, isn't that weird? That peninsula came out last year and here I am watching the American version. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know. And, I mean, Snyder definitely did his CG better than Peninsula, but I, I I enjoy Peninsula more for its storytelling than anything else. Though I will say, Army of the Dead is uh, still pretty damn fun here and there. Obviously, it's not two and a half hours of fun. It's maybe like an hour of fun, which yeah, is still more than most movies provide. This <laughs> and Peninsula are pretty close. I'd... I, I really liked I really liked Peninsula because I'm more of the action guy, and the idea of taking out the romantic sub the not the romantic subtext but all the uh, 
father's daughter subtext in, sure. in Busan, replacing it with Fast and Furious style action car chases is a much more enjoyable proposition. So, uh, yeah, I for me, I, I, yeah, they're, they're pretty close. I mean, yeah, it's not doesn't make Peninsula a better made movie, but in yeah, terms of enjoyment, yeah, I Peninsula was always a weird one for me. So. I mean, that's yeah, same favorite, with me. But... I mean, considering Train to Busan is literally, it's like a top 25 movie all time for me. I absolutely adore that film. Yeah, um, uh, so... you're preaching to the choir here with that one. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm seriously considering it in that vicinity as well, so. Yeah, I just, I, 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 uh, I love every frame of that movie. There's literally nothing I dislike about that movie, but. We're not talking train to Busan. Yeah, like I said, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, exactly. I'm putting myself in a better mood now, and I want to stay in my bad mood talking about Army of the Dead. (laughs) But, I mean, what else can we really talk about? You know, we've talked about the zombies, the casting. I mean, the ending is the ending. You know, it's the end of a zombie movie. Some people get out, some people don't. Uh, Okay, there's one thing that I wanted. There's one Uh thing. Was it just me or in the helicopter? right before they crash. Was it just mm-hmm. me or did anyone else think that the gunshot that hit the pilot actually was a bullet hole to the head? Absolutely. I think that was their intention, was to make us think that. Well, the then viewer. why was she Why was she still able to control the plane? Like, if it's a bullet hole to the head, she's still controlling well, the plane. For whatever it's worth, there have been reports of people that have survived bullets to the head. I, I understand that as movie <laughs> theaters, when you see someone get shot in the head, we assume they're dead. But I mean, you know, survive versus continuing piloting the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That's what I mean. Like she's she's literally fully awake, still talking, but piloting the plane, uh, the, the helicopter. And then pretty much as soon as it goes down, it seems like she finally expires. But... Well, I, I mean, you can equate that to the crash because that was a hell of. Yeah. And can we also happy. stop? Can we also stop normalizing um, surviving slash escaping nuclear bomb blasts <laughs> like <laughs> come on you're not gonna outrun this thing if a nuclear oh, bomb God. goes off that close to you and of course it's like you know get the uh what do you call it not the shock wave but whatever the blast radius magnum sure. force is of it it's like if it if it's chasing you down like that every single time the in the movie it's it's like it gets right up to them <laughs> to rock their vehicle or whatever and then they manage to escape. I'm like, come on. Oh, I mean, at, yeah, least they did, just... at least they weren't safe in a refrigerator like Indiana Jones. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no more refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the obvious explanation to that is that they were in a high-end, brand-new helicopter with all the bells and whistles. Uh, oh, wait a minute. It was a fucking jalopy. Yeah. Yeah, let's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I have no explanation. Yeah, that's, you can't blame that one on the, on the crap yeah, they were escaping in. Oh man, but that's that's suspension of disbelief for you folks. We have to, you know, we have to accept the things filmmakers give us. But you know, I, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's uh, just nerve wracking or cringe worthy. But yeah, this one wasn't so bad. It was just more of a goofy thing to see a a chopper pilot with a bullet hole in the head still flying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, I don't know what's left, gentlemen. I mean, uh, the fi- the final scene kind of alludes to. Uh... A way to continue it, too, because the guy that escaped with the money, he's in the plane, and he looks at his arm, and uh uh-oh, he has bite marks. Oh, yeah. Always got to set up sequels. Even if the sequel doesn't happen, you got to set one up. You got to... 
You got to you got to get the, uh, the the mouths watering of the horror community. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think anybody's mouth is watering for a sequel to this one. Well, you know, maybe Zack Snyder's mom, but that's probably about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure Netflix will run their stats, and if it got enough eyeballs and streams, oh yeah. Then... Now I see this might... being a trilogy. This will be a Netflix trilogy. I got a feeling, at the least, a trilogy. Who knows? Yeah, they yeah. might say the sequel is going to have a much lower budget, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, maybe they'll do. Well, a prequel. I mean, like I, said, like I said, I know for a fact that there's a prequel to this because they've already mm-hmm. confirmed it. Yeah, and then the third one will be the uh, the inevitable uh, sequel where they, you know, figure everything out or destroy the whole planet, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> The way a zombie movie should end, damn it. No happy endings. I want to see everybody dead. I want to see the final person left alive crying in a corner in the fetal position. That's how a zombie movie ends. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I'm an ass. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I mean, I think if, if, we, if we've all said what we wanted to say on this one, we can wrap this sucker up. Um, all right. Well, then let's go ahead and let everyone know where else they can hear us besides good old fresh cut. So, Venom, what else do you got out right now? All right. Well, we just recorded the latest episode of the main show, No More Room in Hell, episode number 32, uh, where we looked at a couple of... Um, what's the what's the subgenre? Ex-cons being electrocuted and coming back stronger than ever. <laughs> so, of course, yeah. we looked at... Ah, yeah, that's about as simple that as I fits. can put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, we looked at um, Shocker, Wes Craven Shocker, and Destroyer was the movie that we decided to pair with that one. Um, we obviously had some options. 1988 and 89 were almost like a gold mine for that subgenre with films like Shocker and The Horror Show and stuff like that. So we actually got like... I, I think I looked it up. We had something like six or seven of that style of film in 88 and 89 alone. So, so yeah, like I said, that's the latest episode of No More Room in Hell. Uh, that should be available either as you're listening to this or shortly after. Uh, so check that out on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. Uh, we also have a new episode of Theme Warriors available where we look at um, films that have not really received a DVD or Blu-ray release in North America. Um, so we looked at a couple of, uh, you know, more obscure films in that one, though though I did try to bring something for the horror community that's a movie that kind of comes from legend that people have uh you know, heard about, but maybe haven't seen because it's not available in a physical release currently. So check that episode out also on Dark Discussions. Um, Unfortunately, um, In the Mic of Madness and Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, still on their extended hiatuses. I'm probably going to stop saying that very soon. I just like to keep the names of the shows on people's minds in case it does return sooner than later. But yeah, that'll probably be the last time I mention it on this show until one or both of those shows makes its triumphant debut. And then last but not least, um, the latest episode of It's Not Horror Okay. We looked at the Matt uh, Stone and Trey Parker comedy Basketball. That was a fun little commentary that we did for that one. Uh, That one's also currently available on Dark Discussions. And then I do have one guest spot coming up on on a show that you may have heard uh, Mike on, and that is, of course, Controllers Up, Cards Down, which is more of a video game slash gaming 
uh, podcasts, card games, things like that. So I, I believe, uh, Mike, you guessed it on the very first episode, right? Uh, it was either the first or second. Okay. I, I, I so, want to say they had one episode out because I listened to it to prepare. Oh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. I think I, I might have been like the first guest. So Gotcha. Well, isn't that nice? Nice little yeah. distinction for our own Mike Merriman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's all from me, Mike. Okay. Uh, Don, how about you? What do you got? Um, well, last week I mentioned that I was going to be on a show called Hooked on Hitchcock to do a dial in for murder. Well, unfortunately, um, there was a miscommunication and we got the uh, date mixed up. Um, it was a typo when he initially sent it. So instead of that, instead of last Saturday, it's actually for this Saturday. So um, I'm a week early preparing for it. So it'll probably be a little bit longer before that comes out. So uh, definitely keep your ears out for that one. It should be on a uh, network called Indie Film Cafe. Um, if anyone's interested, um, it's kind of like Dark Discussions, you know, a network with a bunch of shows and various other. You know, it's not just one show. There's like four or five other shows that are themed around, around it. So um, I'm going to be on that one. Um, we're going to end up recording it this Saturday um, instead of last Saturday, like I initially had thought. But, uh, you know, I prepare for the show. I, you know, ready for recording time. And then it comes and goes. I message the guy like, hey, you late? And he's like, wait, what? You know, it's like, I thought we were recording. And he goes, oh, wait, no, it was last Saturday. I thought it was today. Oh, it was? Oh, oops, my bad. I typed the wrong date, and yes, next Saturday. We're not, not available this Saturday. So I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> so prepare for nothing, but yeah, we're just going to be recording this Saturday. Um, other than that, like Venom said, uh, Underwater Kaiju on hiatus and uh, Graveyard Shit, we are, I am pleased to say, we are returning sooner rather than later. Um, we don't have an official date yet but we are gonna come back and we are gonna come back more undead than ever so um, right. that'll be a little uh, theme for uh, you to come back on we're gonna be doing a full franchise retrospective and um, it should be coming out early next month if everything comes to fruition so yeah um, be prepared and be on the lookout for that one um, more details as they emerge Cool. Um, as far as I go, just what Venom's already mentioned, No More Room in Hell. It should be, if you're listening to this episode, I would say probably a day or so away from dropping. And what else? That's, I think that's it for me at this time. We we have uh, preparations for the next Theme Warriors and even the next episode of No More Room in Hell. So we're, we're kind of being on the ball lately, getting everything out at a decent pace so um with that uh, us next being responsible. oh yeah i know <laughs> it took us only three years <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as far as fresh cuts goes our next episode should be pretty set i mean unless any weird circumstances don't allow it but uh quiet place 2 comes out this week so um like i said unless there's any specific reason that you know we're not able to see it then that is definitely going to be the next episode and that's a pretty big one so i you know i've been waiting on this one for like over a year now i think 
Well, I can't speak for all of us, but I'm pretty sure Venom too. So. Oh, I already got my ticket. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I might look Saturday into buying it early. Really. Yeah, I, I might have to. Usually, even with my like Regal thing, I still just will do it like the the day of. But because it's limited capacity, I'm I'm kind of like worried. Like, okay, is it going to fill yeah. up, and I'm going to get pushed out to like some time I don't want to have to go. So, I might look into uh, ordering it early. Yeah, with the with the subscription program that I'm on for AMC and you're on for Regal, yeah, I, just get the ticket as soon as you can. It's not like you have to carry around a physical ticket or anything stupid. Yeah, I mean, it, with yeah, back when capacity was full, I really never had to worry about it. But I saw because this past week was the first time I actually had used it with limited capacity. I see how few seats are actually available, so I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to risk it. Cool. Well, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Fresh Cuts. We will be back in a week's time. Say bye to the listeners. Later. Zombie Elvis is awesome! Peace. Bright light city gonna set my soul Gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there And they're all living devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So leave all Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva Viva Las Vegas